Today on the Topic Show, Bud Light College Football Tweet is ratioed as usual. Vivek to skip the CNN-Iowa debate due to their bias and instead will do his own town hall. Harvard president steps down, but even her resignation letter apparently is plagiarized. Rivian Q4 results caused the stock to crash about 9%. A firm buy now pay later wins 2023 stock race. Snoop Dogg is hired to report on the 2024 Olympics. And Ford recalls a little under 113,000 F-150 trucks because of a weak bolt. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Guys, say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT there or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January. So if you click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Rivian Q4 results are in and the drop, stock, it drops precisely 9.4% in a single day. Now this was earlier this week reported on Reuters and Rivian, they have a couple excuses that they note in this article. One of the largest being Amazon does not accept deliveries of the little electric vans during Q4, presumably because Amazon is so busy actually getting stuff delivered because for most companies, Q4 is the most profitable, important time of the year. That's literally the whole idea of Black Friday is, is a fiscal term actually, getting from the red, which is a negative on the you know, balance sheet finance, getting into the black, hence Black Friday, it's when you make the profits. And I suspect that's why Amazon doesn't take deliveries of them, but that's not great for Rivian because that's one of their largest clients as well as that is actually being one of their largest investors, which helped them get off the ground. And that's a big part of their portfolio. Every time you see an Amazon van, I forget what you call a little, I forget the actual name. They're not very great at marketing. Granted, they only, I believe 60 days ago, they got released from the exclusivity contract in which now they can sell that same van to other providers, whether it be FedEx, AT&T, what have you, which they did get a contract with AT&T, which is, that helped their stock go up a little bit. But that van is no longer exclusive for Amazon. So it'll be interesting to see if that part of the commercial sales grows. But getting back to the actual numbers here, going back to Q4, it looks like the company handed over 13,972 vehicles in the past three months of fiscal, their, I guess their calendar year is their fiscal year 2023. They know that the numbers of vehicles delivered were 10% lower than the previous quarter. And estimates, and below the estimates, 14,430, where you have, which that number came from three stock analysts. They're pulled by Visible Alpha. They blame high interest rates in the United States, have been raised monthly payments for electric vehicles, make them less affordable, prompting a price war with Tesla, which, yeah, that is a big issue. It's one of those things where, thanks to the government printing more money than they ever had before, they had to raise the interest rates. So there's not, I was about to say hyperinflation, but we got that too. So we don't have super duper hyperinflation Knowing the government, they probably have a little bit more nuanced term, but that's the reality of what it is. So, yeah, you see not just electric, well, electric vehicles, vehicles in particular, but the whole automotive industry is not put on pause, but it's as slow as a first-generation Prius. Perhaps that'd be a good metaphor for it. Because, I mean, you look at all these different YouTube channels that focus specifically on the automotive industry, they're all saying the same things. Because of high interest rates, because of uncertainties in the market, a lot of people just are not buying vehicles, and people also had an issue of 
during the pandemic, they overpaid for vehicles. You had dealerships putting 10, 20, 30 grand markup on some of these vehicles. So the people who bought the vehicles and they're kind of in a precarious situation where they can't make payments because it's too high. It's a pretty dark time for the automotive industry. Well, it's also dark because they're killing a lot of V8 engines that everyone knows and loves, but it's a rough industry all around. Now, they also noted that Rivian produced all those vehicles, 7.3% mass quarter. So it looks like that took the annual, produ annual production of vehicles to 57,232 units. Now that did overall beat the forecast with a forecast of 54,000 units. Let's see here. And again, looking at the overall trend of the Rivian stock, it'll be interesting to see if they make it in 2024 with so much economic uncertainty, so many... I mean, they had to raise both Rivian and Lucid, two electric automotive manufacturers, they had to raise funds during 2023 in convertible notes. So some of them had to give stock options. And I mean, they had to raise a billion dollars last year. I mean, overall, if you look at the five-year trend of Rivian, they're still down. Ooh, that's not great. 84.26%. So again, the stock, it's going to, you know, look at your watch in two seconds, it'll change because it's stock market. But they're currently trading about $20.45 per share. And what's your IPO at? Again, that's why I'm always, again, I'm not giving financial advice. I'm just personally always paranoid about IPOs because not all the time, but it seems like many of the time or majority of the time, whatever the IPO is, the stock goes down immediately because it's overvalued. And then after a couple of days, it normalizes. Then you know, maybe it'll come back up by, you know, two, three percent. Then of course, over time on average, companies do go up in value. Now it looks like the Rivian stock Start their IPO was one hundred and twenty nine dollars and ninety five cents as November twelfth, two thousand twenty one. So it's lost eighty four point two five percent of their value in the past five years. In the past one year, however, it is up. So the past one year, it is up eighteen point zero five percent. Year to date is kind of not really pertinent because again, we're only a couple days into the new year, but. Yeah, as soon as the news came out, it dropped nine point is it nine point three percent? I suspect it'll probably go eh, maybe hit nine maybe get to twelve or thirteen percent for like the five day average as more and more people start to hear about the news with Rivian. And I'm not quite sure what the cure is gonna be. I mean, well, we do know what it's gonna be the cure for most things in life is sales. But for Rivian, they do have the new SUV out or the newer SUV is a lot of people that appreciate that, but you look at the total automotive market, not only is it stalled, pun moderately intended, because ICE engines can sometimes stall, but you also, also have an instance of consumer preferences shifting dramatically, which again, Toyota read the room correctly, unlike the majority of the competition. If you look at what Americans are looking at in terms of the next vehicle, the, one of the biggest categories that's growing is the hybrid technologies. Now, personally, you know me, I don't really like that because I like reliability, which is why I have a truck combustion engine that has three pedals, also known as a manual transmission. You'll hit near a million miles of the Japanese piece of engineering as opposed to, again, caveat, technology changes very quickly. We might have a magical battery technology tomorrow. There's some fascinating things going around with sodium-based technologies or sodium-based batteries. But with the tech we have now, electric cars are basically disposable toys, in my opinion. They're great. I know some people, so my friends love it. And truth be told, if you want to ride around as a passenger, it's a fun, unique experience. But personally, I like to have something that lasts darn near my whole life or more. And I smile every time I shift my vehicle, so it makes me happy as well. And you can't put a price on that.
well, I guess they did when I bought it, but nevertheless, the biggest category that people are starting to evaluate in the United States is hybrids, and that's where Toyota put a lot of their engineering into, and I think you're going to see a lot of the competition go that way as well. So again, it'll be interesting to see at the end of the day what Rivian does, and if people start to re reinvest in Rivian with, again, economic uncertainty. Sorry. Again, I'm not a doctor. However, I have a theory. If you click the subscribe button, it may very well help with my speaking ineptitudes and my stuttering. I'm just saying, if you look at the videos about a year ago, they're a lot more stuttering, but the subscriber count has gone up and the stuttering has decreased. Now, don't get me wrong, there's still plenty of room for improvement, but I'm just saying, can't hurt and perhaps that is secure. So if you click that button, I'd greatly, again, appreciate it. And actually, let me know in the comments, would you invest in Rivian? Do you think it's, you know, kind of a fool's bet, so to say, it's just gonna go down again? I mean, a lot of these electric automobile companies are struggling, same with Lucid, Fisker as well. So it'll be interesting to see what the future is for those companies. But as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business news, yeah, firm, buy now and pay here later company, they won 2023 stock. It is not even a competition. Their stock went up 412.09%, which is so astronomical, I had to do a double take when I first read those figures. And again, brief little summary of a firm, they are, I wanna say they're exceptionally brilliant in terms of e-commerce and marketing, it seems, again, anecdotally speaking, every time I go to any e-commerce site, they always have that little affirm option. And it's exactly what I said earlier, is it sounds like it's just you buy now, but you you know pay later, which again, that's not great for most people's financial choices. I think that's gonna be another big issue with the US economy in the future. But nevertheless, a lot of people love the service and they've been embracing it. They've been using it at record rates. So it's not too surprising that one of the most foremost companies is knocking it out of the park, to say the least. And granted, that being said, long-term, again, to put this in perspective, they're still down from when they had an IPO. Which again, if you're watching the whole episode, you might see a little bit of a theme here. Same thing with Rivian. They had a huge IPO over $100, and now they're around $20 per share. Now, it looks like Affirm Holdings, or their legal name is Affirm Holdings LLC, or Inc., rather, that IPO'd at $117 and they're down to $44.78 per share. And again, looking at their, in the five-year trend, they're down negative 61.73%. However, again, in the past year, astronomically, they're up 412.09%, which again, that is astonishingly impressive to say the least. And depending on how some metrics, one, again, I believe I did it year to date, now, one article was written by Rujik Chen on LinkedIn, and he noted that by their numbers, they actually increased by 430%. And they claimed, again, as a, making it the best performing tech company of its size. They also know that they, the BLM purchased, BNPL purchased a new record high on Cyber Monday. And again, they got major contracts with Amazon as well as Walmart. So it'll be interesting to see. They also know that February last year, Affirmative laid off 19% of its workforce or 485 people due to the macroeconomic challenges. So it'll be interesting to see, again, certain technologies and services actually thrive in bad economies or tough times. And some things do well all the time and some things more luxurious items like Harley-Davidson motorcycles 
usually those are traditionally they do really well in good times because they're accessories or luxuries you don't really need which granted i would also say this service is something you don't really need but nevertheless i guess some people do if you are in a precarious situation where unfortunately you need to buy groceries or something like that you could perhaps utilize this mechanism i again definitely not financial advice i'm not recommending that but it's fascinating to see that this company is exploding so impressively and again, it'll be interesting to see what other areas they reach out to in terms of the total market. What's the total, cap what's the total potential for something like this service? And will it just be a you know hot you know what is it, a hot pan or you know flash in the pan so to say, or does this concept and it's a proven concept, but this does this particular business and this this particular approach have the potential for long term success? That, as I say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Snoop Dogg hired to report on the 2024 Olympics for NBC for reasons. Now, looks like he announced this on his X account or on his Twitter account. And I can't play the music because, again, it's probably Snoop Dogg's own music. And YouTube will take it down and rumble. I'm pretty sure rumble will just censor it. Uh, I'll mute, mute that. And again, so he's just... He announced this by saying, and then again, this is on Twitter or X. He says, quote, New Year mood, Paris 24 Olympics. See you this summer. Black, oh, fist bump, French, French flag, and champagne bottle. Now, of course, he didn't say see you in the proper, unquote. And of course, I had to do a double take to translate this because he said CU, he just, instead of saying C, which I guess I should probably clarify since public schools are at all-time low for all their test scores, thanks to the part of the teachers' unions, though they say they deserve more money. Nevertheless, he spelled CU, C is in the letter. He didn't say, he didn't spell it out, S-E-E. -E. And then instead of U is in Y-O-U, he just said the letter U. Interesting. So he said all that. I don't want to say you failed marketing, but of all the emojis to use, he did get the French flag, which some people might debate the French flag is really just a white flag, but nevertheless, he did use France's official flag and use the champagne, that's another Frenchy thing, but he didn't even use a baguette or a cigarette. I mean, or a Michelin tire. So much potential that could have been for the proper emoji accolades for France. But nevertheless, he had that little caption and so it has to be a green screen, but he's dancing. And of course, he didn't suit up, as all men should always do. I believe he's wearing a track outfit. He has very tinted glasses, which, again, makes no sense because, again, it's a green screen, but behind him is the Eiffel Tower lit up at night. So wearing glasses at night, all right. He's dancing. He's got the rap chain. He's dancing again. And then, geez, the ways, really? <laughs> wow. So it actually ends with the logo of NBC, and it says Paris 2024. So this means not only did NBC say, oh, yeah, you can do this, they actually approved of this specific commercial, which, again, is just, he's, he does the little heart thing, I guess, in terms of hand shapes. So he does the heart thing. He's kind of jamming back and forth. 
and screw it, we'll play a second or two of the sound here. So I assume that's his music, probably. Fascinating, I suppose. But that did get 1.3 million views on X. Although, not as many likes as I thought, perhaps because the people who enjoy Snoop Dogg are too inebriated to click the like button. But it did get 22,000 likes, which again, not the best ratio. And the Olympic Games actually responded. That's the first comment. So the Olympic Games says, quote, Snoop Dogg in Paris in 2024, question mark. It's legit. You know it's a hit. Unquote. And that got 77 likes. Other top comments comes from Tony, who says, Snoop for a whole new vibe. And it looks like it is a gif, or as youth might call it a gif, of a cat walking around with black glasses, a diamond and bezel chain, and some track uniform suit. And that got 20 likes. Scrolling down here. Looks like someone did some type of AI image where you have a, was it a pug dog? The little dog from Men in Black, or whatever that one's called. That is that dog, and then the background says, Happy 2024, New Year Dog, spelled D-A-W-G. They got 24 likes. Now again, that came from Anne Troik. And they said Happy New Year before that little AI generated image. Let's see here. Zach Ryder says, quote, Excitement around the Olympics can be overrated. What concerns about the, with concerns about the environmental impact and the financial costs associated with hosting such events? Unquote. I got five likes from someone who, I don't know if he just can't do math, but usually, in many cases, they break even or they actually make a profit because again, there's a lot of local businesses that thrive. There's a lot of services companies that help them. The really big money pit in terms of sporting events is FIFA events. That's where FIFA is known for building the stadiums, letting them become abandoned, not doing what many people would consider fair revenue share splits with the local cities and local support staff. So, I mean, in terms of like a, a major loss, FIFA is more associated with a fiscal loss when you're hosting the events. I mean, in some cases, I'm sure you do lose money on the Olympic hosting events, but there is, I believe, more revenue share and there is more of an infrastructure upside to that as well. So I don't think necessarily, and then environmental impact, I mean, they're flying in a couple thousand athletes or something like that. Hilariously enough, I don't think this person probably complains about the World Economic Forum when they have their fancy little event in Davos with, what is it, 10 or 12,000 people flying in on private jets each, but nevertheless. Uh, Synapse says, quote, but real talk, does France let you smoke, unquote. I got eight likes, which, let's look it up right now. Granted, I don't know what they would do to actually punish you. Perhaps force you to look at a French woman or eat a baguette? Let's see here. Is What's Snoop Dogg's favorite thing to do in life? Oh, yes. Marijuana. Marijuana. Legal in France. France. Cannabis in France. This is according to Wikipedia. Cannabis in France is illegal for personal use. What remains one of the most popular illegal drugs? Granted, it's the French police. What are they going to do? I mean, I can't help but think they're just only slightly more inept in the military. I mean, come on. So I guess it is technically illegal in France. I don't know what Snoop Dogg, he, maybe, 
what if he actually becomes cognitive? That, that would be fascinating. I'm not sure if that's even possible. PSG Pictures says, I can't, wait, what? M-D-R-R-C-M-T-C-A? Whatever that means, they did get 25 likes. It looks like a lot of people are responding in French, so I can't, I don't know what that means. Ray Rans says, quote, it's Baggett Tower, unquote, getting seven likes. Let's see here. A lot of people saying, you know, it's about to get dog gee up in here. All about the Snoop, whatever that means. New year, new to the boss. Again, these are going to be between zero and four likes. I guess I'll try to translate this one. It's got 73 likes from Ardiok. He says, Quel suspens on a rain vous Which, I have no idea what that means, but let's see what the translator says. And, truth be told, I probably butchered it. Let's see here. That very popular comment means, What suspense we didn't see coming. I suppose, yeah. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Uh, a couple comments saying, have you quit smoking yet? A lot of comments getting between zero and the one likes saying, oh yeah, we love you, great job, you're the best, yada, yada, yada. Let's see here. It looks like in terms of the background, he did host some events, or he actually spoke at some events. Let's see here. When he teamed up with Kevin Hart for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo? What? Well, that's hilarious. His real name is Calvin Brodius Jr. Or Calvin. Huh. That's so... So bizarre. Again, wouldn't a sports balls fan want to see someone who is either a fan of the sport or perhaps a former sports balls player? If you look at who's reporting on a lot of these sporting events, traditionally they're retired athletes. And I don't know if Snoop, I don't know if Snoop has ever I don't know if he could do a push up. Granted, he I think most of his life he has been inebriated by drugs, so I don't know how much physical capability he has left. But a bizarre team up to say the least. And again, all the comments seem to be pretty bombastically in favor of it. I mean I just, it seems like a curveball to me. Or, now, now the room or out of eyesight baguette being thrown. I just, what? Like, wh why? So let me know in the comments, do you think this will help boost the eyeballs that tune in to watch NBC in the Olympics? Will it maybe alienate some people who aren't a fan of him? Perhaps they like, where are the famous rappers, Tupac or... Should, uh, yeah, are they, maybe they're fans of a rival rapper? I don't know. Let me know. I'll be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news. Yeah, Bud Light College football tweet is ratioed as usual. So it is a new year, but the ratio still persists with Bud Light's social media ineptitudes. Now, again, this is coming from a social media co or a beer company who they claim they don't want they want they want to get rid of that Friday image. They don't want that anymore. An image that had helped them propel them to the number one beer seller for about a quarter of a century. Quite literally, well, right under that, I believe it was specifically 24 years. 
and yet they wanted to throw that all away to pay Dylan Mulvaney $185,000 to be a brand ambassador, and the rest is history. Now, in this post, they say, quote, ice down the beers and buckle up. College, <laughs> excuse me, football's history about to be made, unquote. And that got 14.5 thousand views and a mere 53 likes. Now, not to brag, but a couple weeks ago, I did get 32 likes on a video. Which, I would argue, of course, it's all about quality over quantity. Mine were the best likes. Best likes bar none, the best. As some might say. And granted, that might be a terrible impression, but if it made you smile a little bit, it was worth it, perhaps. Now, again, this is coming from Bud Light's personal profile or the individual profile on X, or also known as Twitter. And, spoiler alert, it only has 17 comments, which, again, that's not very good for a multi-billion dollar brand with near limitless resources. Again, they're part of Anheuser-Busch InBev. They are one of the largest companies on the planet, especially in the beverage industry. They own more than 40 beer brands, and they only got 17 comments and 53 likes. And only one bookmark, oddly enough. Now, of course, the comments are interesting, and there's even some super secret hidden comments we'll evaluate as well. So, without further ado, we will dive in. The very first comment comes from, well, this is, I don't want to say A-plus marketing, but B-plus marketing, the person's name is Nope. So, Mr. Nope says, quote, gross trans food, no thanks, unquote. That got four likes. Probably would have gotten a five if he actually just said Nope. I mean, it's in his name. That's why he didn't get A-plus for marketing. But nevertheless, that got four likes. Jay Mills says, quote, a cold vodka sounds good. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> a cold vodka sounds good. Woke beer, not so much, unquote. Getting seven likes. Scott Baby says, quote, hashtag Stan the Riley. In picture of Riley Gaines, that got 12 likes. Kevin Eastgate says, quote, Bud Light owes me a cold one. Money sign Kevin Skank something. Make it right, unquote. No likes, but again, pejorative against Bud Light. Moworms says on it. Again, where are you, Bud Light? Why wouldn't you? Again, we've seen this, I think, once or twice in the past 12 months where they actually respond to individual comments that are praising or at least moderately being nice to them on social media. Again, if you have a couple people being nice, you want to reward them. You got to re-engage them. You got to give, give this person a like. I mean, they didn't get a single like. Why didn't Bud Light? Why didn't they like it? Because this person is saying, you know, I'm on it. Let's get Bud Light. This person didn't go out and actually spell out Bud Light, but they said on it. So it's not negative. It's not pejorative. It's, I would say for Bud Light, it's certainly better than, it's more than a neutral response. And yet Bud Light themselves couldn't take the time to like this. Again, in terms of statistics from this video, I did write down all the statistics within 48 hours from the original post. So it's had time. It's not like we're taking these numbers two seconds after Bud Light posted it. And out of curiosity, Mr. Morms, perhaps it's just a Bud Light employee. Let's look at this profile, do a little investigating right now, right now. So Mr. Morms joined Twitter face or Twitter X in 2009. So it's not a new account that popped over overnight. He has 136 followers, which not to brag, but I do have 13 followers on the topping show on X. And I believe 200 on at Nick topping. But, of course, quality over quantity, obviously. The best followers. And looking at his profile, he reposts for something about sports balls, something about the Eagles, 
on a sports balls team. Something about vintage movies. All right, so it looks it's a real comment. It's not someone who's just mentally vacuous and saying, I want free stuff, or we see that a lot, where usually the posts that are responses that are positive to Bud Light posts are the people who will say, oh yeah, I'll just repost this for a chance to win some little gift card, which I'm sure they never do. So it looks like a real response. Someone by the name of James Russell, going back to the comment section, simply says, beer, beer, beer. So I'm not sure if they're inebriated or perhaps an alcoholic, but they did get one like. Now looking at this person's profile, person's name is James Russell, has 41 followers, joined March 2023 on X, so a little bit of a newer, but again, it's not an overnight account that Bud Light might be using to inflate their numbers. It looks like, let's see here, someone who's real. He is saying something about, what is this, Epic? I earned a guest badge on this, he earned some badge on an app. Uh, he's saying he's at a sports balls game, or I guess, I don't think hockey is a sports balls game, it uses a puck. Sports object game, to that effect. He really likes, again, two people in a row, he really likes the Jets, interestingly enough. Huh. Which, again, it's actually not the aviation company, it's actually the sports balls team, which... Is that their logo? They should have that in their logo. If not, terrible marketing. So, all right, two, two in a row that were actually positive or at least neutral for Bud Light. And yet, again, Bud Light didn't engage with these potential fans. Perhaps Bud Light social media managers are just simply inebriated by drinking too much Bud Light, which, again, that'd be a hard not life. Let's see if there's any more comments here. Adam says, quote, Happy New Year, Bud Light. Thank you for helping massively boost the sales of Modelo, Coors, Yaling, and many other breweries and brands this year constellation brands should have sent you a christmas card unquote i got six likes adventures of j and k simply says woke unquote getting one like duh bad as interesting profile name this person says quote bud light and it is accompanied by a gif or as youth might call it a gif and it looks like a gentleman dressed up as a woman with long hair, lipstick, necklace, and dress, and the person is holding up a sign, and the sign says, so when are you really going to tra uh, transition, unquote. That got five likes. Derek Mesker, who perhaps has the best profile picture being a Yingling bottle, this person says, tuck your sack back 24 pack, woke, unquote. That got three likes. Javarius Listic says, quote, support Troy Aikman's beer, an American-owned politics-free lager, unquote. They got two likes. Someone by the name of Wildcat Corey said, quote, shut up gay organization, unquote. It looks like a gif of a animated cartoon of a, what do you call it, a garden gnome, and it's throwing up. They got three likes. Blacklist simply says pass, unquote, getting two likes. And then we have that fun little disclaimer that says show additional replies, including those that may contain offensive content. Of course, let's click the button. The bonus button, what is hidden there today? Many comments. One comes from River City Dude, and this person has a gif that says, 
Cheers keyword, the pejorative keyword for the homosexual community. It seems every couple months that is okay to say or not okay to say. So I frankly can't keep track and not intentionally not to keep track. I just don't have the resources allocated to know what's right in that regard. And I got two likes. Um, Blow Biden or Blow Biden says, quote, F off, unquote, getting one like. Anwar Planta says, quote, it's a picture with a juxtaposition of Sylvester Stallone next to Dil Mulvaney. Dil Mulvaney dressed up as Audrey Hepburn. And apparently it's a quote from Sylvester Stallone saying, quote, I'm not saving a woke brand and declining a $100 million offer from Bud Light. Which, again, I've been trying to find more sources around that to kind of get to the bottom of that, see if that's a legitimate offer. But I haven't seen any documents. If you have any supporting evidence, I'd appreciate that. Because, again, I'm not sure how they, in what capacity they would give that to Lester Stallone. But, again, if they're trying to get back the old image that they used to have, that would be a prudent person to market to. I'm not sure how that deal would go down. But that looks like that's a final one of the comments. Now, again, if you go back to the very top of it, they have that little button where they actually had the ones that they're hidden. Someone in the hidden, ultra-hidden comments is Trump 2924, which perhaps Trump 2024 was taken as a profile name. Or this person is just really optimistic with how long we're all going to live. Because again, this person would need the fountain of youth to last to 2924. Nevertheless, this person has the Pride-themed Bud Light aluminum bottle, or has the Pride colors on it. And it looks like they say the number one choice of... I'm going to alter this so it's a little bit more family-friendly, so to say. It says the number one choice of transitioning people and the LGBT community, though they use much more pejorative terms. They did get one like, and then again, that was the ultra-hidden response to the Bud Light post. So of the 17 responses, it looks like, what, two, debatably three were positive? So in terms of social media, Bud Light is, uh, their outlook is how would they say, not so good. It'll be interesting to see, again, I suppose the year is young, of course, but will they be able to to realistically turn things around in 2024? Let's just say if I were to look at the Magic 8-Ball, the Alec would say, "Mm, Alec is not so good. Other interesting cultural news, you have Harvard President Gates stepping down, and apparently she even plagiarized her resignation letter. Talk about privilege. I mean, most, I don't know if they were allowing her to step down just to save face, but again, if you're caught plagiarizing, especially if a student is caught plagiarizing, presumably they're fired day one, and she's had multiple, multiple instances of plagiarism, and that wasn't an issue for a long time. Now, this was trending all over the social media. It looks like taking some statistics from two particular posts in particular. Now, the one I want to bring up in regard to the plagiarism statistics comes from a profile by the name of a muse. And it certainly is an amusing post, so I suppose it is an appropriate name for profile. Though I'm not sure about the profile picture. It's actually just a picture of a Stormtrooper helmet, interestingly enough. Now, this person posts got 1.9 million views in the, first, in the first 48 hours of posting. And again, this person says, quote, Shock, disgraced Harvard professor, President Gay released her resignation letter this morning. I ran the letter through Grammarly's plagiarism checker, and to my surprise, it found evidence of plagiarism. 
Full text of her letter is in the next post of this thread. It looks like plagiarism. Looks like they have found 19 detections of plagiarism. And again, it's kind of according to the Grammarly report. It also had two grammar. Oh, geez, Louise. I thought Harvard was supposed to be the smartest. I mean, we know it's not, but that's their marketing, what it used to be known for. And they only got one green check mark. Everything else was bad. So the report from her resignation letter includes plagiarism sound, or found, rather. Again, I'm not a doctor. However, if you click the subscribe button, it may help with my speaking ineptitudes, my stuttering, my speaking too fast. Again, there's no guarantees in life. However, it might help a little bit. So I appreciate it if you click that button. So again, she had plagiarism found. She had four instances of spelling errors, which I I don't even know how that's possible unless you don't have a spell checker, which admittedly, I do wish there was built-in spell checkers for stuff like, where is it fr most frustrating? I think Twitter or uh, X post, as well as LinkedIn post. Like mul both multi-billion dollar value copies. They can't plug in that, but nevertheless, she had... Looks like three instances of conscientiousness, four errors of word choice, two errors of grammar, three errors of punctuation, and then three errors with additional writing issues. So the only thing that she got like a green check mark on was readability. Jeez Louise. Let's see here. She wrote how many pages? How many paragraphs? One, two, three, four, five, six. Jeez Louise, talk about taking the stage. So six, yeah, six paragraphs to resign. Jeez Louise. So we're not gonna read all of that since it's mostly lies. Now going to the comments section, again, this got 1.9 million views and 12,000 likes on X, also known as Twitter. So interestingly enough, not as many likes as I thought it might have gained. Now, going down here, see here see here preempt greg d says quote it detects other copies of the letter online but it's still pretty funny unquote getting 383 likes which multiple people responded saying no not really or laugh out loud let's see here lordo flies 69 says quote claudine gay sits down to write your resignation letter fires up chat gdp and writes can you write an unapologetic resignation letter that blames everyone except myself and implies I am quitting because of racism, chat GDP? Sure, I can do that for you, unquote. And I got 260 likes. Let's see here. Harvard's takeaway after the gay controversy. And he has the character of the gal who like has like a weird, well, she has an apathetic facial feature, so it's like, like kind of like a neutral face. And then she goes kind of like a more of a nodding, like, oh yeah. And the two juxtaposed pictures were disregard of DEI practices and programs. And the other one is review employees work for plagiarism. They got 242 likes. Well, Turtle, who I would say gets a A plus marking in the profile picture is in fact of a turtle. However, perhaps not great for accuracy because I don't think turtles can type yet. Nevertheless, this alleged, well, Turtle says, quote, Harvard is a woke joke, unquote, getting 216 likes. Let's see here. Study Late says, quote, she even plagiarized that too, unquote, getting 21 likes. FJB USA says, quote, she doesn't even have an original bone in her body, unquote, getting 44 likes. Let's 
here. Moronic headlines says, quote, I heard Claudine Gay copied much of Larry Summers' resignation letter without citing him, unquote, getting 30 likes. Let's see here. Words are words, says, quote, even the resignation letter, laugh out loud, and say gif of Batman hitting himself in the head, looking really frustrated. And they got 71 likes. Let's see here. Owen Gregerson says, quote, if I were Claudine Gay, I would 100% plagiarize my resignation letter, if only as an FU on the way out, unquote. Getting 100 likes. Real or Wokey has a comic caricature, and it is white women with blue hair with glasses, and they are talking to Claudine Gay, and they say, sorry, we might have to fire you. And she says, why? Because I'm a black woman. And the other segment of the comic says, what? No, that's why we hired you, unquote. They got 74 likes. And again, in terms of not Providence of Harvard, but I guess as a history note, this was their very first, I believe, African-American president, and it was also their shortest-termed president in tenure in Harvard history. Let's see here. And we also have another post on X. Now this, again, that first one came from Amuse in particular. This other one went extremely viral, as a youth might say. This comes from a gentleman, I believe, by the name of End Wokeness. This got 2.7 million views and quite a few more likes. It's got 45,000 likes, so more likes and a better like ratio. And before he, so it's, hey, he has some writing before the picture of Claudine, uh, Claudine Gay. How lazy is that? She didn't even suit up, as I'll mention. Wait, what? But nevertheless, she is wearing what appears to be a blazer and a watch and a ring and glasses. Nevertheless, he says, quote, Claudine Gay just resigned as Harvard president, the shortest tenure ever. Her accomplishments, bullet point one, wrote a total of 11 papers in her career, six of them containing plagiarism. Nearly all of it was about race and gender. She was born a black woman, unquote. Again, they got 2.7 million views and 45,000 likes, which is not, <coughs> excuse me, another friendly reminder to click the like button. Uh, I mean, statistically speaking, there's no way we'll get more than 45,000 likes on this one video. However, a wise pilot once said, never tell me the odds. So it could happen. Now, going to the comments section, one of the very first and most popular ones comes from Mike Holly who, disclaimer, has a Canadian flag in his profile name, or, yeah, his profile name, and he says, quote, it only takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it, unquote. In the case of Harvard, it took 387 years to build its reputation and just one DEI hire in just six months and two days to ruin Harvard's reputation, unquote. They got 1.8 thousand likes. See here, Washington Ghost says, quote, and nothing of value was lost, unquote, getting 169 likes. Ooh, we got some contrarian statements brewing to the surface, so to say. Someone by the name of SNO, he says, quote, she shouldn't have been fired. I can't wait to see who's going to replace her, unquote. Now, that got 223 likes. See here. Going through those scrolls. <laughs> one of the most hilarious ones. Caillou said, quote, she had a good run. And it is one of those motivational things where they have the picture of the person with the quote. And the, the picture is of Miss Gay. And the quote is, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country, unquote. Harvard President Claudine Gay, unquote. 
See, that's a joke because that's a very famous quote from not the president of Harvard. But nevertheless, JFK quotes aside, that has 519 likes. Stoned Redneck says, quote, where she headed now, the New York Times, unquote, getting 364 likes. No, probably CNN, most likely. Red Wave Press says, quote, I'm sure the Biden administration can find a job for her. They love to hire DEI hires. Just look up Corrine Jean-Pierre, KGP. Follow if you agree, unquote. And that got 127 likes, although I'm surprised they didn't bring up the Supreme Court nominee that the Biden administration had technically broke the law when they said they're going to hire someone who is a African-American woman, which, again, by law, you're not supposed to discriminate, they're, but they're right out saying they're going to choose someone based on their race, which many people would also say is morally vacuous. So it'll be interesting if someone brings up that in the comments. Let me see here. Patriot Press says, quote, an embarrassment to the black community. She was the first person, woman of color to be president of Harvard, but she'll be known for plagiarism and ruining the reputation of a once respected school, unquote. That got 368 likes. Which, yeah, it certainly damaged her reputation. I think you could argue is already downhill, but nevertheless, let's see here. Paul A. Suspa says, quote, donors are pulling millions out of Harvard is why it's happened. You can expect another woke diversity hire soon to take Gay's place. Harvard has learned nothing from this, unquote. They got 965 likes. Let's see. Siegfried Roy says, quote, how about the board resigning too? They appointed her and defended her, unquote. They got 269 likes. Right Angle News Network says, quote, she thought because she was black, she could get away with plagiarism. That's not how it works. Actions have consequences. Her career accomplishments, including include those of the shortest tenure ever. Great job. The woke agenda has destroyed her brain. Follow if you agree, unquote, gained 493 likes. Let's see here. And actually... I thought it'd be interesting to take some contrarian statements or interestingly enough, a different sample size per se. So we looked at social media or the traditional social media being X Twitter and overwhelmingly they're pretty much all negative comments in terms of saying, you know, she's cheating. She wasn't hired based on qualifications. Also a lot of people bringing the, bringing the service anti-Semitism about her and their stances at Harvard. Interestingly enough, Going over to LinkedIn, it was almost the exact opposite in terms of the feedback. So going to LinkedIn, they had an article written by Jake Perez, where they talked about how Harvard gay, uh, President Harvard, Harvard professor, again, I'm not a doctor, but if you click subscribe, it might help with my speaking ineptitudes, perhaps. I mean, maybe, you never know, could help. They know how she had resigned. And in terms of the comments, there are many. Now, let me see here. There was one very interesting one I was looking at earlier. The oh, good old. Let's see here. Oh, I think this is this it. Let's see. Let's see, Paul Binks says, "quote Yet she remains a member of the faculty." Unquote. Getting three likes. So I'll be interesting if she actually still remains on there. I'm not sure if that. I would. Yeah, I'd say probably. Let's see here. So John Cernerwigan said, quote, very sad a career could be ended over a public question and free speech question. Something is very wrong with our country. Sorry, unquote. So this person is very sad that the president stepped down because she cheated and 
has many instances of anti-Semitism. Let's see here. Trying to find, there's one gal who specifically said something as ridiculous as she wanted to give this gal a hug, which, see here. Daniel Verriucci says, quote, it's a shame that Harvard's first black president was forced to resign less than a year into her presidency. It goes to show how much more work needs to be done with DEI if society still cannot accept successful black female academics to lead prestigious institutions such as Harvard in 2024. And interestingly enough, this person was ratioed. Of the 23 people who reacted to that comment, 11 people laughed at it, 10 people gave a thumbs up, and two people gave the little support, lovey, little heart type of thing you do on LinkedIn. So it's like most people did laugh at this person out loud. And the person with the most popular response to that comment is from Billy Shaw, says, quote, it's a shame they didn't bother to, to vet a more fitting candidate, period, unquote. That you get seven likes and clappy hands. Let's see here. Shuri Goots, pronouns she her, says, quote, I don't understand why we're being more harsh of a female president of Harvard, unquote. That got five reactions and two were thumbs up, two were laugh out loud, and one was a little clappy thing. And... Fatima Matthews responded. I'm curious if this person, okay, this person's a yoga instructor. Uh, yeah, corporate wellness consultant for yoga. Uh, this person responded saying, because she's black, of course. Which, again, no one's critiqued her on that at all. Again, people are talking about the blatant plagiarism and the notice of anti-Semitism. I see no one giving a darn about her race, because again, I think in the United States, we've gotten to the point where your qualifications are key, especially in professional environments. The most successful business, that's how they choose the best candidates. Now, that response, you get three, 100% laughed out loud. Three of the responses were all laughing at the person who said it was just because of her race. Oh, here we go. Another interesting comment comes to Alyssa Newton Hardnett. This person is, this is title. Inclusive Leadership Development Consultant, Facilitator, Resful Learner. Now, this is it. So she says, sending a virtual hug to Dr. Gay, it takes tremendous courage, emotional intelligence, and grit to raise your hand and say, I'm going to be the first blank. And particularly if the first blank is black. The level of scrutiny, except, exceptional of absolutivity to no mistakes, and outrage by some that you are in the position that comes with, yes, I will don the role. As a black woman, I know the marginalization that comes with leadership. You walk in knowing you will not be given the benefit of the doubt. You will not be judged by your potential, but for every step you make. But we lead anyway. We step up anyway. We serve anyway. This feels like mob rule. And the mob, in this case, are conservative, moneyed, and hold a perspective that allows no, no discussion, deviation, historical context, or humanitarian crisis to enter the discussion. It's an all or nothing. No listening, no conversation, no debate allowed. The Harvard Corporation has set a dangerous precedent here. 
And why is she not given her title in all the articles about her ouster? It's Dr. Claudine Gay. So I can't help but wonder this Alyssa Newton Hardnett. So she, what's her real job title? She said a lot of things. She says she's an inclusive leadership development consultant, facilitator, resourceful learner, developmental manager, learning strategist, storyteller. Looks like she has 1,313, 14 followers. So her exact title is a facilitator. Her skills as she lists in that job are diversity, inclusion, equity. Which looks like the company's name is Sweet Rush Inc. And again, no, what the hell? Sorry about that. So again, 16 people responded to that. I wonder what the ratio is though. So seven people actually liked that. Six people laughed at it. Two people had a little heart emoji thing. And one person gave a little support thing where it's clapping hands. So interestingly enough, I mean, you do have this whole different sample size where there are many people on LinkedIn who are overwhelmingly supportive of Claudine Gay. So I think it's got from a cultural perspective, it's fascinating to see kind of the juxtaposition between these different social media platforms. Let me know if you want me to do more comparisons like this where, I mean, clearly on X Twitter, Claudine Gay is ratio to say the least. No one's agreeing with her mental and moral ineptitudes or vacuousness, you could also argue. Where on LinkedIn, there are many people applauding her saying, you know, she should never been fired. She, why, why are you being so critical about her? Why do you care? The hypocrisy is quite entertaining by those people who made the comments. So it'll be interesting to see, but in terms of the who's going to take over for Claudine Gay, I mean, probably be more of the same. So it has the same ideology that the Harvard board directors and all the staff have. Perhaps they'll do some research this time to make sure this person isn't, you know, plagiarizing almost the majority of their work. Because again, I as a, if I was a student at Harvard, I would just, this is like a green light to be like, oh yeah, just plagiarize everything. And if anyone brought anything up, be like, you mean like, you mean like a president does? Well, why can't I? Although perhaps Claudine Gay will be extremely successful in her new position in a political way. Can't help but notice a lot of politicians have got a lot pretty far ahead in life using similar mechanisms. But as I always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek to step down from the CNN Iowa debate and getting 2.7 million views on X Twitter. Again, this is coming from his personal profile, and he specifically says, quote, forget CNN's fake Iowa debate on January 9th, which will be the most boring in modern history. We're going, we're doing a live audience show that night in Des Moines with Timcast instead. We won't hold back. Here's the backstory on CNN's shenanigans, unquote, which gotta stop right there, give him accolades for using a cool word like shenanigans. Let's bring it back. Nevertheless, onto his points, quote, on December 13th, CNN disgracefully cut short its own Iowa Town Hall with me, and I correctly pointed out uncomfortable truths about January 6th, which CNN instantly dismissed as quote-unquote conspiracy theories. On December 14th, CNN then threatened my campaign on the phone with a cease and desist, and had YouTube black out the town hall after it got 200,000 views on YouTube in a matter of hours. Yet, Nikki Haley's CNN Town Hall was still up after six months, 68k total views, sad, unquote. He continues to say, quote, On December 14th, CNN notified my campaign that multiple qualifying polls 
which the RNC used for making each of the RNC debates, mysteriously wouldn't count for CNN's fake debate in Iowa on January 10th. CNN moderator reporter Oliver Darcy wrote a newsletter that castigated his own network for allowing me to infect the people with my conspiracy campaign. CNN commentator John or Van Jones said he was, quote, literally shaking when he heard me speak, and my rhetoric is, quote, one step away from Nazi propaganda. CNN anchor Anderson Cooper said, quote, I deliver a soliloquy of conspiracy theories, unquote. CNN anchor Pamela Brown and, quote, chief investigative correspondent said Vivek has a, quote, history of peddling disinformation, unquote. CNN anchor Caitlin Collins said, quote, I use a reasonable tone, quote, to sell sinister lies to people who, quote, who's, who aren't playing, paying close attention, unquote, and think that may think what he is saying is, quote, might be legitimate, unquote. CNN's token, quote, conservative commentator Alyssa Farrah Griffith said my rhetoric is, quote, damaging to the country, unquote. And again, this is, I think these statistics were within 48 hours. Again, so that got 2.7 million views and 37,000 likes. So again, of all the candidates on social media, well, specifically on X Twitter, he remains to be one of the most popular ones. Now, again, it's not corresponding or aggregating or it's not translating to the polls as much as we I thought it would. Granted, again, these poll sample sizes are between you know 300 and 3,000 people, and it's just a poll aggregator. So again, we're working with the data what we ha with what data we have. It might not be the accurate of all, but gotta use what you got for now. And I suspect most of the comments will be positive. Let's go about go down here. Wester Lundsman in the comment section said, quote, worth revisiting Vivek's clash with CNN Dana Bash in the spin room post debate. That got 3.4 thousand likes. That was an instance where she was talking about, I believe, January 6th, and Vivek brought up how government employees, including the police, actually not just led people, allowed people into the building, but they actually gave them, like, guided tours. Other top comments comes from... Gift of the Gab says, quote, this is how we save America. It's a little picture. And the picture says, quote, I blocked CNN at my mom's house using parental controls. Now she keeps calling me saying she can't watch the news. This is how you save America, unquote. They got 6.2 thousand likes. Though, again, I don't think that's actually going to be a persuasive way to actually change someone's mind. A more eloquent, a more accurate way to actually do it, I believe, would actually have someone have a TV on CNN with one in one corner. And they have something like Timcast IRL in the other corner. And just see how they will cover the same event, and yet the opinions are completely different, and one will actually, you know, cite facts and sources. Fascinating to see the discrepancies. Other top comments come from Philip Anderson. He says, quote, keep talking about January 6th. Everyone needs to hear the truth about the, hear the truth that the Democrats covered up, unquote. They got 1.3 thousand likes. See here. Cool Hand Longhorn, 1776, says, quote, Thank you for laying out the receipts, Vivek. Propaganda Factory, CNN, knows that you're sharing truths and receipts. The truth is damaging to the false regime narrative. CNN, CNN, the truth is coming for you and every propaganda agent talking head working there. You are a party to a criminal enterprise, and every single bad actor will be prosecuted of their malicious lies. Just taking orders is not a viable defense, unquote. And that did get 1,000 likes here. Paul Suzupsa says, quote, CNN is fake news. It's all Vivek really needed to say, but it is helpful seeing him list so many times CNN censored him. 
just goes to show how Vivek is over the target and enlightening a CNN remaining audience that is horribly caught in a bubble of complete ignorance, unquote, getting 898 likes. Patriot Press says, quote, the old way of journalism and debates are dead. The new long form interviews and podcasts are the new way. Vivek gets it, unquote, getting 597 likes. The Wealth Turtle strikes again, though. Again, I'm not sure if it's a real turtle typing. It does have a profile picture of a turtle. And this person simply says, quote, CNN is a woke joke, unquote. That got 1,000 likes. Fishing and Reading says, quote, right decision. RNC chairwoman Rana McDaniel should fire should resign or be fired now, unquote, getting 300 likes. William Brown says, quote, CNN is embarrassing. No idea who who is listening to that corrupt hot garbage in this day and age. Go get them, Vivek, unquote, getting 979 likes. Let's see, do one more here. See if there's any contrarian statements. It seems like they're overwhelmingly popular, or res- popular and they're overwhelmingly positive responding to Vivek. Let's see here. A lot of people saying, you know, screw CNN. It's terrible what CNN is doing. That's getting between zero. 5 and 12 likes. So you find one more. Florida Dad, perhaps this could be interpreted as contrarian. He says, quote, why are you taking votes away from Trump? Unquote. Getting 58 likes. Let's see here. And do... Do one more here. Yells all good says quote I saw Van Jones make the quote literal shaking comment and thought it was some of the worst acting I had seen on TV in a long time unquote getting 94 likes so as a youth might say they went viral to say the least and overwhelmingly positive responses and feedback in the comments section now again it'll be interesting to see I mean at the end of the day what's it gonna do I mean if you look at the poll aggregator he has gone up a little bit. So it looks like, again, this is from projects.538.com. And again, that's the poll aggregator. So it's an average of polls that are taken. Now, granted, the individual polls, if you scroll down and look at the sample sizes there between the smallest poll was 325 people. The largest poll was from a sample size of 4,206 people. So again, it's the it's not the largest sample sizes, so there's always a caveat, and no poll is going to be perfect. But working with what data we currently have, it looks like Trump is at 61.8%. DeSantis actually did go up a little bit, so he's at 12.1%. Earlier in the week, he was actually behind Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is down to 11.2%. Vivek is up, increased now at 4.8%. Chris Christie is still, well, still around the same, about 38 percent Asia Hutchinson actually went up for the first time in I think a couple months going from 0.6 percent to now to 0.8 percent which statistically speaking is a huge increase however overall the big picture still not really in the running so again I think Vivek is making a lot of good moves I think there's a lot of people who appreciate the long-term format interviews the podcast interviews that Vivek is doing I certainly think that's the future of absorbing political news and evaluating political candidates now, the issue, especially with primary voters, is that on average, the people who vote in primaries are older. And if you like the demographics who are people who are turning into the traditional cable box or the you know, traditional tube TVs, most of those people 
are the people who voted in primaries. They're the older generation. So long-term, I think Vivek's strategy is much more effective. And recently, he also announced that he's going to drop out of, or not drop out, he's going to stop running ads on, <coughs> excuse me, on television, which, again, we look at the pe people on television, the same people who are watching CNN. A lot of those people are in the same age demographic. But again, those are the same people who actually vote heavily in primaries. Now, it'll be interesting to see, perhaps this time around, this might, again, there's a lot of time, there's a lot of things that come up in politics. Maybe we'll have a different instance where more young people get involved in voting in the primary. Like, again, even if they do, again, Trump is so far ahead of everyone. Again, Trump is at 61.8%. And the next contender is DeSantis at 12.1%. So it's, that's a huge gap. Again, the huge legal caveat is, will the government allow Trump to run, either legitimately or illegitimately? It's one of those things where if that factor comes into effect, then these debates and then these whole campaigns, frankly, will be more important. I do suspect there's a possibility Vivek would make an exceptional vice president. Again, he's publicly said he doesn't want that. He wants to be, you know, the leader. I think, I think a lot of people who appreciate both candidates think that they might balance each other out a little bit. I don't know. That'd be that'd be an interesting choice. I remember last time around, I mean, Trump just kind of almost seemingly randomly chose Mike Pence. Now, granted, Mike Pence was from a swing state. There's as a strategic move in that regard. I know Vivek is from Ohio, but he's not, he, I'm not sure how much of a political base he has there since he's never run in a political capacity for a position in government in Ohio. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of factor that could or couldn't be. But let me know in the comments. I mean, <coughs> excuse me, with, with the data we have right now, it doesn't look like Vivek is going to win this time around. Do you think he could make a good contender for maybe vice president or perhaps a cabinet position? It'd be fascinating to see here, as usual, what you have to say. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, Ford recalls just under 113,000 Ford F-150 trucks because they could increase your odds of getting into a crash. Not the best news. Now, this comes to us thanks to Emily DeLetter at USA News. And they note specifically, Ford is recalling a certain number of models, a certain skew, it's not skews, certain vehicles manufactured between 2021 and 2023. Again, they're the F-150 vehicles that were equipped with the trailer... Tr tow max duty package and a 9.75 inch heavy duty axle with a three quarter flow axle design it sounds really fancy it must be expensive i mean the amount of that's eh, quite a lot of marketing terms jammed in there but nevertheless they note that the rear axle hub bolt may fatigue and break this is according to a notice which again that can result in damage to the axle hub splines now, according to the national highway traffic and safety administration the damaged axle hub splines could result in the vehicle to roll away when the vehicle is in park without the parking brake applied or cause loss of power, drive power, both of which, which can increase the risk of a crash. Now, they didn't get a, they're not recalling 113,000 vehicles. They're right under it. Sorry, that's why I said nearly. Specifically, they are recalling 112,965 of those vehicles so they, they were close realistically with the def with how many recalls they have i can't think it might be a little bit more than that but nevertheless exactly that's how many vehicles they are recalling and they note that owners will, should get their notification letters and they're expected to get those mailed january 29th 
They could also call Ford's customer service number at 1-866-436-7332. Again, if you want to check if your vehicle is specifically affected, that hotline number is for Ford is 1-866-432-7332. And they note that the Ford recall number associated with this that you should bring up is the recall number 23S65. So again, the recall number is 23S65. Of course, you could also call the National Highway Traffic Association and you know talk to them if you want. But again, I can't help it. Every time I hear about Ford Recall, I automatically think of the old commercials they used to run you know, back in my day where it seems like every one of those commercials ended with a huge metal plate that said Ford built tough and it would land on, ironically, something that's not very tough. It would land on like dust or just like in the ground. And that was pretty much their whole marketing was Ford built tough. Apparently not so much. But again, this is the number one selling pickup truck in North America. It's pretty much the whole focus of the brand. I mean, there's a reason Ford, they don't no longer make the Ford Focus or the Fusion, which is a little sad because those are fun vehicles, the Ford Focus ST. And that's a fun car. I almost got one. But again, I was a little worried. I was like, well, I kind of need to get to work. So this probably won't be reliable. I'll get the Honda Civic Si with the stick shift instead. Turns out I was right since... Again, the very skilled, highly paid labor union that makes the Ford vehicles, they uh, they accidentally put a Mustang gasket onto a Ford Focus ST engine, which caused leaks. Who would have seen that coming? So again, that was a huge recall for that specific vehicle and trim line. So that's why I personally chose a Honda. My family also has Hondas in the last darn near quarter of a century and a million miles, thanks to Japanese engineering, craftsmanship, and materials. But nevertheless, if your whole shtick is Ford built tough, and this is the number one product you make. They got rid of sedans. They got rid of all the all of the little cars to focus on more profitable vehicles. The stuff that they're supposed to be the best at. Now, again, there are a lot of components that make up a vehicle. There are sometimes hundreds, dozens. I mean, sometimes even perhaps even thousands of manufacturers and subcontractors that come all together to make a vehicle, which is why it's one of the most complex, expensive things most people will buy in their life. So maybe they didn't even manufacture this specific bolt, but again to advertise your heavy duty product and to not have the most best quality for again the thing you're known for the thing that some farmers are relying on that some well more realistically some people just driving the city are relying on as well but it's supposed to be a timeless not timeless darn near a timeless thing i mean the ford f-150 designs don't vary too much throughout the year it's it's a little bit of change here and there it's, it's a huge part of the brand that you could probably argue is the main thing and yet to have a recall because of a small little bolt that could have a catastrophic effect. Again, I'm not sure if their quality control isn't up to any standards at all, or they're just not doing enough you know, tests on these vehicles where they sell them off a lot. But needless to say, to have such a recall on, again, your iconic product that you're best known for, I gotta say, that's gotta be the business blunder of the day. Thank you ever again for taking the time to tune in today. Again, try to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January. So if you click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, leaving a comment is a great way to give me a little bit of feedback. I do apologize if it takes me a couple days to get back to you. But it's a great way to let me know how can I can make the show better and better. Lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.